welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us again is our friend Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. And today we're going to talk about a new movie. It's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And Matt's going to tell us about it. Yeah. So this is based off the original story. Um, this is set uh, sort of between the two world wars. Uh, it starts, I guess, during World War I. Uh, and we are introduced to a kindly old uh, carpenter named Geppetto and his son, Carlo. And um, Carlo is killed uh, during an act of war. And Geppetto goes into a long stage of grieving. And then one day, he decides to cut down a tree, which is a tree that Carlo found an acorn for, right? Or something. Mm-hmm. And so the tree's grown by now, right? And uh, he uh, takes the wood from the tree and makes uh, Pinocchio, which is um, this little doll or wooden <laughs> doll. Uh, inside the tree was uh, a little insect who in this movie um, is known as, what's his name, Sebastian or something? Or, or Brandon? or Sebastian, I think, Sebastian. right? Sebastian. Yeah. In the famous 1940 Disney movie, he's Jiminy Cricket. Yes. But here he's Sebastian. And, uh, and then this fairy of the woods or something, she comes along and makes <laughs> Pinocchio come alive. This is in many ways the story you know, but in many ways not. Um, so I'll, right now I'll hand it over to Ryan. He can share some of his thoughts about it. Yeah. So um, I have always been a big fan of the story of Pinocchio. Um, the 1940s animated Disney film um, is one of my favorite animated films um, of all time. Um, so I just have a deep love for um, Pinocchio as a whole. Um, and I was really excited to. Uh, when Guillermo del Toro announced that he, his passion project of Pinocchio was actually going to be coming to light um, about a year or so ago, I was really excited um, and looking forward to it. Um, Guillermo uh, del Toro is uh, one of my favorite directors right now. Um, and so I really um, liked uh, the story and this interpretation that he did. I thought it was very be- uh, beautiful. It was magical. Uh, it has a lot of like layers of craftsmanship and was really rich in detail throughout um, the animation and the stop motion was just pretty stunning uh, on just that aspect alone. Um, There's a lot of dark themes to it, which I thought was uh, very intriguing. It was also very del Toro too. Um, and uh, the voice cast from um, Ewan McGregor um, and everybody else that was uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, Tilda Swinton um, was all very well done. Um, the, the little boy that did Pinocchio did an excellent job. Um, so I just I found this film to be very intriguing, uh, very lovely, and very wonderfully made. Um, it deals with a uh, storyline is more about a fascist uh, Italy at the time, which um, uh, ironically today is is still very relevant. Um, so I thought that was uh, I, I liked that Del Toro had a lot of you know deep themes and hard themes, but he really tackled them very well for a children's story. Um, was also very you know it can point to older adults as well. Um, so there's just a lot to get out of it, um, and it's a film that I'm really looking forward to rewatching when it comes to Netflix um, next week. And I was really happy that 
um, I was able to see this in theaters, I see you guys. Um, so it was just a very wonderful experience. I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it again. Yeah, I agree. This is a this is a gorgeous movie, and it's gorgeous not only to look at, but in its its themes and its its meanings. Um, yeah, the the stop motion animation is just a brilliant achievement, and I, I'm I'm also glad that we got to see it in the theater. Um, it might lose something, you know, watching it on the small screen. So I wish more people had had the opportunity to see it in the theater, um, but. I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen uh, a version of Pinocchio. I was probably, you know, it's been well over 40 years probably since I've seen one. Um, so I wasn't too familiar with the story, just the general kind of outline. So I don't know how this one compares to other versions, but I really, really loved this one. And I, I really loved that it took some, it um, incorporated some darker elements. I, I know as a kid, I certainly always loved those movies that had some darker themes or, um, you know, things that scared you a little. Those are the ones that kind of stay with you and, and change you. And I think, you know, a small, a, a young person watching this movie would definitely not forget it. Um, it's one to, to remember, um, forever. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. Um, and it, it does have those themes that you maybe don't expect, you know, you, you certainly don't, I didn't expect it to be set during, um, in Italy d- between the two war, between the two wars and to concern, you know, themes like war and, and fascism and, um, you, you don't expect that. And, and some of that may go over the heads of a lot of young people, but, you know, as an adult watching it, those are interesting. Um, and then it, but it also deals with death and, and, mortality and kind of the ephemeral nature of, of life. And I mean, these are all very deep questions that um, even as kids, you, you start to, you know, start to think about. So I, yeah, I really loved that it went to those places and, and told kind of a very touching story in a, in a very beautiful way. Yeah. Um, we should mention this is uh, going to be on Netflix December 9th. Uh, so they had it in theaters for a little while before that. Um, yeah. So on my letterbox entry for this, I described it as stark and grim, but yet warm and lovely, which I, I that's one of the things I like about it. It has a very, uh, it, it has layers. Does our Pinocchio and, you know, it, it, it is Guillermo del Toro. So, you know, if you at all familiar with his work, you know, like Pan's Labyrinth and uh, Crimson Peak and um, various other things, Kronos. Um, you know, he goes a little dark, right? But this wasn't quite as dark as I had been led to believe, you know? Like, going into it, I had heard people say, oh, this movie's dark, yo. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, your mileage may vary, but, you know, it, 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 it's it got elements of that, but it's also kind of got some humor in it, too. Um, very light humor and... Um, you know, it's kind of the warm, lovely elements that we you know, expect from sort of a children's story as well. Um, Pinocchio is interesting in this. Pinocchio looks a lot more like what a doll made out of wood would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's cute in a way. You feel for him. Um, he and Geppetto get off to a bit of a rocky start. Um, the first scene, however, when you see Pinocchio is a little, um, it's a little, 
makes your skin crawl kind of because <laughs> it put me in mind of the Seinfeld episode where uh, Mr. Marvel's um, Kramer's mannequin doll, whatever. So uh, that there's elements of that in Pinocchio's first scene. But, but you know, like I said, you, you grow to you grow to love them. Uh, the stop motion animation here is is quite good. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I tried to guess some of the voices here, and I guessed them all wrong. But you know, I think uh, uh, Ryan name checked uh, Ewan McGregor. You've also got David Bradley as Geppetto, who does a good job. David Bradley's been in lots of things over the years. Probably people most know him recently from either the um, the guy who's I get his title, but he's sort of the groundskeeper for Hogwarts in the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Also, he has taken on the role of the first Doctor Who um, lately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, other people, Ron Perlman, who's a, a Gilmore Del Toro stalwart, uh, Finn Wolfhard, I think Kate Blanchett, you mentioned her earlier, Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. So the voice work here is, is good as well. It's a very... It's a very heartwarming movie. I think I've already, it's already like in my top 10 of the year. Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. If I'm going to um, nitpick on it, uh, when the movie starts out, Geppetto is already like a gray haired old man, right? And then, you know, that's during the First World War. And, you know, like I said earlier, his son, and I don't know, did I saw, did I call the son's name correct earlier? Carlo? Did I say that? I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, Carlo dies and then, you know, they plant the little acorn seed and it becomes this tree and it's like a full grown tree. I guess you can get that high, like within, <clears throat> I guess, whatever, the 20 years between the two wars. <laughs> but, you know, Geppetto kind of looks the same after 20 years, you know? And yeah. he, that's my only quibble is Geppetto. I think they could have maybe started him out, maybe, you know, brown haired or <laughs> salt and peppered. Maybe not, you know, already, you know, walking around with his AARP card uh, and, and, and then have like 20 more years go by and, 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 and whatnot. But uh, aged very well for an old man. He did. He did. Um no, it's a, it's a it's a sweet story uh, uh, with with a little bit of you know grim elements, but I think that's actually um, just speaking for myself. I think that kind of makes for the best children's stories. Uh, how about uh, Ryan? Any any additional thoughts? Yeah. Um, so this this was uh, distributed by Netflix. Um, it's kind of, I have a twofold with Netflix going on right now. So one, I'm really happy that they greenlit this for Del Toro and he was able to make, this was a bit of a passion project for him. And um, I think I've read in the past that he got shot down on trying to make this movie uh, for quite a while from several studios. And Netflix finally came through and said, yeah, we'll give you the money for it, which was great. And he was able to, to do with it the way he wanted to make it, which I thought was very um, uh, beautiful to see an artist be able to create something that he wants to actually create. Um, the bad, you know, the downfall is, you know, Netflix is they're having their whole stick with theaters right now where they only did like a limited one week release for like this and like Glass Onion, where I feel like they, they are kind of, you know, shooting themselves in the foot where they could easily try to have these types of big movies, um, 
uh, be out be out in theaters a little bit longer. Um, so I wish I wish they would finally break through and start doing that, but we'll find out. Um, on the other side is they are putting it in film festivals and stuff throughout the fall, and it's already gotten some buzz from critics of this film not only being promoted for best animation but also a best picture category. Um, which I thought that would be really neat if Netflix has already started campaigning for that. Um, so I think if Pinocchio could get that, that would be a really big, as for a stop motion picture, that'd be pretty huge. And the Academy does love Del Toro. So I think he has a little bit of a hunch there um, with trying to possibly get that um, in there. So um, I would love to see it eat up the awards this season. Um, Matt, you mentioned this is in your top 10 movies. Right now I put this at my number two. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to do a rewatch of it again. I just did a rewatch of Everything Everywhere um, this week just because that's, that's right now that I had that at my number one, but I could swap these two. Um, I'm going to go back and forth prior to the month. So, um, yeah, it's just a it's a very well done film. And I, I just love the story of Pinocchio. And I thought this was very a very authentic take to the story. Uh, very new and a lot of new material to it. Very, but it was very much the tourist touch. And I, I really loved it. Well, I agree that... Uh... It should be in contention for, for Best Picture, I think. Um, I don't know if it, if it will get the nomination, but I think it deserves to. Certainly, it should be a front-runner front in the animation uh, mm-hmm. race. Um, I wanted to, to mention, too, that there are um, songs in the movie, and yes. I thought that they were pretty good. Um, there was one in particular, and I can't... I'm afraid I can't remember the name of it, but it was a, it was a, a very touching um, song that Pinocchio was saying, and I, I just wanted to point that out because I a lot of the times in these animated films I find the songs to be um, less than uh, desirable, but I actually I actually um, quite liked these, um, and you know ultimately it, it was a very uh, a very touching film. I think we've all said that. Um, you know, another one of the themes that you could possibly draw out is um, relationships between fathers and sons, and um, I think that in particular is what uh, kind of got me in the in the end and brought a tear to my eye. and And it, it touches on that theme in, in a couple of different ways because there are some kind of there's good and bad relationships depicted in this movie between fathers and sons, and so. Um, I just thought thought that was another interesting interesting take and, and one that moved me um, specifically. So what would you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it out a 9 out of 10. Okay, Ryan? Go one up, I will give it a 10. Yeah. I'll come in at a 9.5, so our score is <laughs> okay. a 9.5. And, and it's uh, doing well on the tomato meter. So, um, yeah, uh, when this comes out on Netflix, I think you should all definitely watch it. For sure. All right. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Ciao, Papa. Mio, Papa. Time has come to say farewell For how long will I go? Is it far?